This is just a disclaimer to let y'all know that we are not professionals. Uh, as the title suggests, we are uncertified financial advisors. Uh, just two college students passionate about the market, and that's why we're bringing this content for you and to you. Uh, this tick, or the ticker symbols you hear are just what we are interested in. They are not suggestions or recommendations. What you hear is our opinion on the market and not to be taken as factual. We are about memes and money here. We ha have what we think are good opinions and a good sense of humor. But as always, consult a licensed advisor before you make any decisions based on what we say, because we do not want to be sued. Let's get this money. <laughs> back guys and gals to this week's episode of uncertified financial planners um we're going to be talking about risk reward how to choose a stock and um the internal emotional side of investing how are you doing today ethan i am doing splendid thank you for asking it's been a uh a little while since we last recorded about what, four days not not too long <laughs> glad to be back though i was missing it I'm yeah, back home fun. this weekend, so that was good to see my family, and uh, I'm ready to get back into things, baby. The market's uh, opening tomorrow. We got to be ready. You got to be ready, for, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, Ethan, I heard a great piece of investing advice for when you get out of college. Mm. You know what this is? Um, so no, basically, I, I heard this from DMX. The best way to make money out of college is to avoid taxes. Tax evasion is the best long-term money saver on the market. I mean, look at him. He saved millions until he got caught. But the key is just to not get caught. I will tell you this. That may be one of the smartest ideas you can do up until Fed starts pounding on your door and then you are done for L, as we say, for life. Um, so maybe don't try that. Maybe it's a more of a don't try that at home situation. I mean, it's uh, if you have a Swiss bank account, then then it's okay. And just talk about Jordan Belfort. It's, yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. Watching no, the Wolf no. of Wall Street the other day, and uh, I actually remember watching that part with him talking to the Swiss bank, and they are tricky. I am part Swiss, so mm -hmm. my ancestors are from Switzerland. So. so you can help me set up my account? I think I may got you if, I, if, if we need it, but... Uh, yeah, no, that's not a bad idea. Um, I'm just aside not aside from it being it. a terrible. Idea. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the yeah. worst ideas I've ever heard. So let's not yeah, do that. Not um, like we say, as always, we do the research so you don't have to. There's my catchphrase. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it into the chain or the channel. I guess the podcast episode. Um, the conclusion yeah. of your research is don't commit tax fraud, right? That is what my research shows. Uh, obviously, we're not professionals, so you do whatever you want to into your heart's content. But you can evade they, taxes like it's cooties. You can do whatever, but we don't recommend it. Exactly. No, exactly. So what are we talking about today? I forgot. We're talking about the emotional side of investing, risk, mm -hmm. and you know, this is an uncertain market, crazy time. Um, how do we hop into it and sleep at night? Yeah, so uh, just a little, uh, I guess, thing that ties back to me, and it's a word that I can't think of at the moment, but <laughs> it's, a per it's a personal anecdote, I guess we can say. So, okay. I have this stuffed animal. Met him somewhat. His name is Gil. I mentioned him on the first episode. I mentioned him because he's 
know, some people have their emotional support animal. Um, well, I have Gil. And so I am emotionally attached to Gil. He has been around since I was born. And so, uh, like I said, I'm emotionally attached to the guy. So if anything happened to him, it would break my heart. So let's put it this way. You got to do the complete opposite and feel the complete opposite about the stock market and the personal stocks that you own. Mm -hmm. You got to feel the complete opposite that I do from Gil. So Don't you got to be your stocks like Gil. Exactly. Don't treat your stocks like Gil. Um, and you got to be able to hit that, hit that sell button you know, when it's time to sell. Old blood it be ice in the veins. Yeah. So a stock that I've had, uh, Build-A-Bear, uh, I got in at 551. If you want to look at it, um, I think it's about 1550. What's the so symbol? Say, I'm going to pull it up. It is BBW. So I got into it at 551. And I've held it all the way until I got to about $22. And I slowly sold down from 60-something shares to about 44 And I could have got out when it was in the $20 range. It's now $5 less a share, I believe. And it's because I couldn't pull the trigger. I was emotionally attached because of how great the stock had been for me. So mm. the point in that is that I've learned my lesson and I can now move on. You know, I, I really like this stock called Ford. Everybody's heard of Ford. It's uh, ticker symbol <laughs> F and everybody hates Not on Ford. it and I love it. And that is an emotional attachment to that company because I just think Ford is the best automobile maker there is at the moment. So you know, maybe I'm emotionally attached to that, but I'm also not afraid to sell. I might like the company. I might always want to watch the stock and get into it, but I'm not afraid to sell. So those are two different examples of what you should do and what you probably shouldn't do. Um, but, but yeah, so top of the emotional side, we are also going to discuss what a stock even is, what, what makes it go up and down, some of the fundamentals to look at, um, mm -hmm. whether that's PE ratio, whatnot. So I kind of talked about it in my newsletter that I'm pulling up right now. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what we're talking yeah, first, about. Let's let's hang around this, you know, deal analogy of emotional investing. You know, you know, I I've read Psychology of Monday. You're reading it right now by Morgan Household and uh, behavioral actually finance finished it, actually. I finished, oh, you finished it. it dude. It's it a good is. one. It is. It's a great it's a book. Good one. Um, and there's another one. There's several like it, but another one I read that's very similar. There is make decisions. You know, you got to learn yourself. Before you can get into the market, you know, how comfortable are you with the idea of losing 10%, 20, 30%? Um, before you jump in a stock that could go up or down 30%, you got to make sure you're okay with that risk before it goes down 15 and you get scared. Because, you know, mm -hmm. market historically is going to go up. You don't want to get into something you're going to lose money on because you can't handle it. 100%. I uh, definitely did. A lot of bad decisions my first few months and probably, I mean, I'm still making bad decisions in the stock market. Obviously, nobody's perfect, but, mm -hmm. you know, literally getting on Fidelity, which is what I use, and just hitting the refresh button every 10 seconds, watching my pennies go up and my pennies go down. And it was an emotional drain, not because I cared so much 
but just because I would wake up with the market and basically pay attention to it till I fell asleep Mm -hmm. or until it closed. I apologize, but it's just totally a waste of time. You should be in stuff that you're not nervous about and stuff that you can take your eye off of and feel fine about. And so, you know, obviously we just want to prevent you from wasting your time and And your uh, money. Your money, especially your money, because yeah. everybody cares about that. So, especially in a market like this, you know, everything's down. You know, you got to be prepared to go down. Um, I know one we message about on Microsoft Teams a lot is my DraftKings. <laughs> that has yes. been a very painful roller coaster. I had DraftKings, I bought a few shares at $52 a share, and I think it rallied to 15 at the end of Friday. Yeah, let's um, go. Down big money. 80%. Big money. Yeah, big money. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lost a sizable amount of money on that, but it doesn't keep me up because it's not lost until you sell. And another thing is top of that, it's not a loss until you sell. Also, um, it's okay to take a loss though. Like just because it's not a loss till you sell, it's okay to take a $10 mm-hmm. loss because if you have $150 in a stock, it's just a loser. You're losing money on mm-hmm. it constantly and you sell it and you only get $130 back. You lost $20. Well, now you have $130 to pour into a real winner like like Apple or like Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to do that uh, today or I guess it was Thursday or Friday. I was texting, texting Garrett like, man, I'm in this stock. It's actually H-I-M-S, him stock. I was like, I tried to buy it because I thought it was going to be a winner. It actually was terrible. Um, big but stinker. It rallied. It, yeah, a big stinker, but it rallied like 30% in a week and a half or two weeks. So I was like, I got to get out. I took a $35, $40 loss on it. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it was that much. It might have been $25 loss. Well, I got into two stocks that I've been wanting to get into again, which one was, oh, that was my recommended stock of the week last week. And then I got into about five or six, maybe even eight shares of ET pays a huge dividend. That's what I like right now. I think dividends are king. Value stocks are king. Dividends and values. Stocks. Yep. And I just made sure to uh, reinvest all my dividends into my stock. So that was nice. What were you going to say? Sorry. Losing money isn't always a bad thing, just like you said. I mean, if especially um, I remember in Psychology of Money, he shows that chart of the S&P 500 over the last 75 years. And there's a he puts a dark um, bar over every span of years that there's a recession. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And half of the graph is dark when it's a bear economy or there's a recession. So basically, that means. that going down a lot but it's still um gained hundreds of percent i don't know how much in the 75 years it's exponential so it's a lot um the story, years the market's gained it's gained like thousands, thousands of percent. yeah yeah it's insane because that's just the way the markets work i'm not going to say always but in asterisks it's always going to go up eventually and just because one stock loses doesn't mean all stocks will lose. Put it in something that someone educated or licensed, aka not us, um, just for you know security reasons, um, knows that it's a good one. Hundred percent. But um, 
know, we've kind of talked about being emotionally attached, being, you know, the smarter way, being not emotionally attached. Mm-hmm. Um, now I kind of want to move into some fundamentals of stocks mm. that you want to get into. Uh, you know, we say all these ticker symbols, but we also want you to do your own research because your research is just as important as our research. You're not going to feel good about it unless you know about it. Exactly. And so me personally, I don't take anyone's word for anything. I do my own research to feel good about it. You know, everybody's different, but um, we're going to give you all a kind of bird's eye view of things to look for to help you understand what you're buying. Exactly. I mean, we do the research so you don't have to, but we still recommend that you do the research. (laughs) So some things, especially in a high inflationary market, like we are in right now, topped 9% for June, 9.1% to be exact. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, when targeting stocks, you want them to meet the criteria below and I'll just get, I'll just list list those. We can kind of dive into them. So Mm -hmm. want to see a stock that is trending in earnings growth. Mm. Want to see a stock that's showing company strength relative to its peers, and that has a debt to equity ratio in line with industry norms, and you want to use the PE ratio as an indicator of valuation. So, also just four, one crucial one that's my personal mm. favorite is the beta. That is a good one. It shows the. Does it show Garrett? It shows how volatile something is compared to the market. So if it's above one, it's that many times more volatile than the market. If it's less than that, it's that many times less volatile in the market. And it just shows you the risk of movement. Right, so let's say over time, the stock market gains 1%. More than likely, it'll gain more. But let's say it gains mm-hmm. 1%. And the stock that you have, let's just say Ford, gains, Ford. let's say let's say 1.75%. Over that time, what would the stock or what would the beta of stock forward be? What did you say the price was? So the market goes up 1% and Ford goes up 1.75%. What would the beta be? 1.75. Ching, 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 ching. That's correct. That's a quick math, dude. You may put me on my Some feet. I was prepared math. to do math. I understand. I apologize for that. That was not in the notes, everybody. That was a pop <laughs> quiz, even for our, our fellow host, Garrett. Pop quiz for Garrett and for you, for you the listener. Good thing yes. I have my KCO watch calculator like Dwight Schrute. Oh, 100%. That's another 100%. crucial investing tool is the watch calculator. Yes, of course. If you don't have a watch calculator, I actually need one myself. Mine broke last week. Uh, no, Crunching too many I, numbers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually do not have a watch calculator. But if you do, you are an absolute genius. But let's kind of get into the the stuff that you know we mentioned. So we kind of touched on yep. beta. Um, another one that I like is proof of long term growth and stability. You can go to the financial tabs of a stock on Yahoo Finance, and you can kind of find that. Um, but yeah, so kind of like that trending in earnings growth. So what are earnings? Kind of just a basic summary of earnings. Um, what are they, Garrett? It's how much a company makes. Basically, you know? uh, it's kind of like so simple that it's hard to explain. And that's kind of why I used you as a crutch because I didn't know what words to put it. But it's literally just the earnings company makes, the profit they so make, the earn. revenue they make. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's exactly how it sounds. And um, now let's say a company's profitable one year and then the next year they aren't, or have a revenue one year and the next year they do not. Uh, 
that's not great. Uh, and that's, that's yeah. probably a company you do not want to be in. You know, I mentioned Ford a lot. Their revenue yeah, has started them right now. They're st- they're, I believe their revenue has started to tick down a little bit. Their free cash flow is starting to tick down a little bit. Uh, that's not something you like to see, but mm-hmm. I don't really care just because I think that Ford will never go away personally. So I'm not saying fair. you should buy Ford, fair. especially because it doesn't meet one of these, uh, one of, or yeah, you know, one of the criteria below that we've listed. But in an inflationary market, the car market will typically be hit a little bit. Um, because people will be uh, buying less cars. So let's move on. That's so right. we, got data, we got cash flow or we got the uh, earnings. So yeah, earnings, beta. And then I wanted to talk about company strength relative to its peers. So this isn't really, I mean, this is kind of not something you can even find. Maybe you can, um, but it's more of like, what do you think about when you're going to go purchase something online? Think the about do you think about eBay? Do you think about Amazon? Do you think about Etsy? That's kind of what I think about when I think about company strength relative to its peers. I think the king of online shopping is Amazon. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. can, comes close. So mm-hmm. do, would I rather eBay or would I rather Amazon? I'd rather Amazon 10 out of 10 times. Another example, I'm going to bring Ford back up because <laughs> it's one of my favorites, but... You know, when you think about the car industry, you might think of Tesla, you might think of Ford, you might think of GM, Toyota. Personally, I don't think the stock price uh, you know, plays this to everyday buyer, but I think Ford is 10 times better than any of those that I just listed, except for Tesla, because they are the only American car company to never go bankrupt. There's a reason behind that. So um, it's just thinking about kind of, look out. Just open your eyes, look at at all the advertisements that you see and what company mm-hmm. pops up the most. That's probably the one that has a strength better than the rest of its competitors. Yeah. And even um, you can pull up on Yahoo Finance. I've got Ford up right now. It's got similar to Ford, General Motors, Rivian, Neo, Tesla, Lucid. Um, you can look at each of those companies, compare the things that you care about looking at to Ford, and then, then you can kind of see how they line up, and it gives more weight to the Ford numbers you see. If that makes sense, definitely. I, I, you you said Rivian. I actually saw like four Rivian trucks on the road, really back home. It was actually super cool because just seeing how like the the energy or the electric vehicle market is kind of not taking over, but it's starting to actually mm-hmm. become somewhat relevant. So it's pretty. It was pretty cool to see. I took a picture of it. Nice. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I do not want an electric truck ever. Um, I just oh, I don't think... truck? The truck. The Cybertruck? No. Heck no. <laughs> thing looks like a warthog from Halo. Yes, it does, and that's why I want it exactly. Precisely the reason why I want it. I mean, that's not going to get you out of a ditch, though. That's not going to pull your buddy out of the mud. You know what? You may be right. But at least <laughs> I'll feel like a proud American driving the car. So that's the number one thing. When you know, down I guess that's it. fair. Just like stocks, car buying, you know, got to get rid of the emotion and see what values to you. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. That is fair. And like I said, that is fair. So since that is that so fair, is fair, since that is so fair, and talk about something else that is nice to see, very fair. That's a PE ratio for a stock. 
Um, typically, I like to see, especially in a market like this one, I like to see a PE ratio of less than 12. Uh, the market typically stays around 14 to 15. It's PE ratio. Um, and I guess kind of a PE ratio, let's just say what it is. It's price to earnings. And so the higher the PE ratio, the more growth a company is, the less earnings it has. And so it'll be, it's kind of overvalued in a sense, but it's because it expects the mm-hmm. the market expects it to absolutely explode, such as Netflix, Amazon, and whatnot. And lower PE ratios typically resemble a stock that is undervalued, like Ford, or mm-hmm. um, you could look at O, or you could look at ET, um, and stocks like that that have lower PE ratios. Um, but yeah, so they kind of just have a lower PE ratio, undervalued stock. Uh, the market thinks it's undervalued or it's, the market is undervaluing the stock mm-hmm. in a higher PE ratio, obviously, that the stock may be a little bit overvalued, which is more dangerous in a high inflation market, a bear market, but long-term could explode like we've seen Netflix explode onto the market, like we've seen Apple and Amazon mm-hmm. whatnot. So... So what is a range to look for low PE, high PE? Uh, so, in your opinion. Uh, so in my Just, opinion, when I'm looking, I'm looking at a stock, looking for a value stock, which a value stock is one with a low PE ratio. I'm typically looking for one that isn't s- super low. Like I don't want something under three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say maybe five to 10 for the PE ratio. Um, the only reason yeah. why I say I don't want it super low is because I don't want a stock that's super undervalued because maybe it's a little deeper than it just being undervalued. Personally, mm-hmm. um, so you know, five to ten, I think is a good range. It could range. be no value, <laughs> right? And it could be, you know, the reason why it's so low is because it's just not a good company. The company's um, pretty doo doo. Exactly, you could say it that way. In, in fancy financial speak, it's just a, a doo-doo company. Yeah, so actually that's a term that we do use. Um, no, we actually do not use that. We do not <laughs> say doo-doo. You can if you'd like. Um, we say dookie. Right, we use the word dookie. Um, <laughs> just gets better and better <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but no, and then for a growth stock, we do like to see Personally, I'm, I mean, I'm like super heavy into value stocks, especially, you know, due to this year just being so down. Um, so, I mean, for growth stocks, I just like kind of like 20 to 30. And you'll see some that are way up there. I mean, I've seen stocks that, you know, the highest, their 52-week high is like in the 500s. Um, I, I don't know what Tesla's, yeah, their PE ratio is that high. Um, I don't know exactly what Tesla's is. I'm about to look. Um, uh, so their Tesla's Tesla's PE ratio is like 97. Uh, but obviously, at that point, you're just buying the company. You're not even looking at the PE ratio. You're just hoping that you know Tesla is going to be a company that will be around for a long time. So yeah, and I'm not a Tesla fan, but that's a different episode. Right. Uh, we can definitely get into the new age, new, uh, you know, way we're, yeah. we're heading in a little, you know, in another episode. But, but to recap, you really want 
personally, I like lower PE ratios because they show an undervalued company. Mm-hmm. Um, you like to see earnings growth. I honestly left this out, but also consistent dividend payouts and dividend growth is also nice to see. Mm-hmm. I Once see you know the company's economically healthy if they can sustain a dividend. Even increase it, definitely, is uh, yes. nice to see. Um, you also want to see proof of long-term growth and stability. Then mm-hmm. obviously, like lower betas when the market's volatile like it is right now. Once the market mm-hmm. is obviously in a bull run, it is okay to kind of move your beta up in your portfolio because that can only help you. Right now, mine's like 1.37. Mm-hmm. Trying so hard to get it down to about 1.15, 1. 1.2. That's going to take a lot yeah. of work. But yeah, I, I tried to average down my beta um, mm-hmm. with the tips fund. You know, that we talked about that constant dividend. It's not going to yep. make me a whole lot of money, but it's going to be secure. Um, kind of lower my portfolio's overall risk, but you know, diversification, we can do a, we can do another episode on that because that's pretty essential for uh, building a portfolio. Definitely defining enemy. your strategy. 100%. I mean, we've only touched, we've really only touched on stocks. Uh, there's more mm-hmm. to equities than just stocks, there's mutual funds, mm-hmm. ETFs. Um, and we're also probably going to touch on that in another episode and as well. And you could even probably go as far with equity as like different types of savings approaches, you know, the money market fund, the CDs, the those type things. Definitely. There is a lot. Equities is a pretty broad uh, category. Mm-hmm. And that's why we wanted to talk about stocks specifically because yep. they're a little bit easier to explain. Um, not that they're easy by any means. The market is very unpredictable and very hard to explain. Yeah. But yeah really um that's just kind of like some of this like you could say statistics you want to look into on a company uh and mm-hmm. more of like the numbers approach but you also want to research the company behind the stock what they do where they do it and how they do it if you're not com- comfortable buying into a stock that's not an american-based stock or a u.s-based stock you need to know that it's not a u.s stock i own a stock right now that i didn't even know it was like in brazil like what? I'm getting I'm getting taxed per year to own that stock. Its dividend is awesome, Eesh. and that's why I bought it. But like I, I said, you need American to know though. exactly. You you need to know the stock or the company behind the stock, especially before you buy it. And um, be aware of the country that it's in, like their economic policies. Like I own Alibaba, and they just got nayed on by China. And slapped with regulatory fines that made me even lose even more money than I already was losing on them. Absolutely, Nate. I mean, goodbye, Alibaba. Is this the crash that we've all expected, except for Garrett? I mean, yeah, I did not expect it. Now I'm getting tallywhacked. <laughs> yeah, it'll come back. Alibaba is a great company. Um, yeah, it is. Wasn't it Morningstar's pick of the week like a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I saw that. I actually. I mean, their fair value estimate is where I bought it at. So to break even, I got to hit their goal. <laughs> uh, let's hope that that happens. Hey, I wanted yeah. to mention this. Um, and that was the Big Mac index. Kind of, everybody's had a Big Mac before, I'd hope, from McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so this index. Got a couple today. Here you go. Uh, I haven't had one in a minute. <laughs> You're kidding. You're kidding? Yeah, I, I don't eat Big Macs. I have before, but, you know, not really choice. I prefer... Things that, you know, real meat. Uh, 
Excuse me? Are you hating on McDonald's right now, dude? Um, I mean, it tastes good. It's just, I just don't think it's a cow. It's probably in a few my, different farmyard animals. Pardon my take. McDonald's is one of the best fast food restaurants around. Don't care if I'm eating chemicals. It is delicioso. So, You're eating a seventh grade science lab in every bite. I don't mind because it tastes so good. Uh, you know, it teaches own. You know the risks. You are at terms with the risks for that reward. Relating and, it back to stocks. Now back to the Big Mac. Yeah, so back to the Big Mac index. Um, it's more of an inflationary index. It was made in like, I don't know, whenever McDonald's was making Big Macs. So probably, you know, whenever that happened. So say not, the, the mid-1900s, <laughs> maybe, you know, later 1900s, it started to, I think it was in the 1970s. Let's move on. 1986. 86. I'm totally wrong. Don't ever listen yeah, to me. Yeah. Definitely check with an advisor before you listen to me. <laughs> Obviously, you heard that in the disclaimer. So, moving on. Basically, just measures the price of a Big Macs, uh, or Big Mac, apologies. Um, it can be used for many ways. It can be used as an inflationary tool. So, you see, oh, you know, in, you know, I don't know, 1986, a Big Mac was probably like a dollar, maybe even less than that. It could have been like a dollar fifty. Who knows? Nowadays it's like five dollars and fifty cents for just one. So obviously you uh dollars appreciate a lot. It's inflated. Right. I mean, but on a more year to year term, I have no idea what it used to be uh last year. Say probably like five bucks. Now it's like five fifty. Okay. Yeah, definitely look up what a Big Mac price was last year. I'm very interested. <laughs> Is that sarcasm? Oh, I'm, I'm dead serious. I actually want to know because it would show us kind of an inflation number. The average Big Mac was $3.99. Last year. If you make it a value meal, it will set you back to $5.99 last year in 2021. Okay, well, I think for literally just the sandwich, it's $5.50 today. This year? Yeah, I have no well, idea. Well, it might also be in your state. or um... Yeah, that's fair. Oh, no, heard uh, it on another see. podcast, but the point is you can easily see how inflation impacts your food and your, your, your wallet by looking at the price of food that you normally eat. Let's see, um, Big Mac, um, US dollar, average price, 578 Holy doly. That is a big price increase from 399 to 578 I believe he said. Uh, I think I'm reading here where it's worth absolutely nothing because Big Macs are garbage. Um, so you may not hear from Garrett the rest of the podcast because I'm going to <laughs> kick him off. He will be gone forever, Aaron Hernandez. Just kidding. <laughs> Wanted to mention something that completely does not follow inflation, and that is a great, historically famous $1.50 Costco dog combo mm. it has stayed at a dollar fifty since its inception i do not know when mm. that was but it was in the 1900s uh, probably late sometime 1900s. in that century but <laughs> sometime in the last like 600 years so uh, just you know thirty thousand foot view bird's eye view sometime in the last eon literally since the universe was created 
Costco. When God said, when God said, let there be light, you know, a couple of days after that, he said, let there be Costco dollar fifty hot dog. There was, and it has stayed a dollar fifty since it's, it's in one been of the made. lost documents of Genesis. Yes, <laughs> I think the eleventh commandment that got left out was let the Costco hot dog remain one fifty. <laughs> Stop. No, but it will always be one fifty. I actually interviewed the the Costco CEO or the CFO, and he said mm. it would never change. So the day that the, the Costco hot dog becomes one fifty one or more. more probably a post-apocalyptic world because mm. um, it absolutely defies inflation what does not def- defy inflation literally everything else in america and in the entire world um mm. it, have you seen gas prices recently garrett they're coming down finally a little bit are i actually filled up my tank today three dollars and 66 cents <laughs> like a gallon a gallon not, i was about to not say total. how small is your tank what not kind of total. hybrid solar power <laughs> yeah uh 366 though, that's crazy i think it's um, a gallon yeah i think it's uh 396 lowest i saw here that stinks because the lowest i see in henderson is 389 so we are totally beating Ooh. paducah and it uh you know it, it a good feeling. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So, Either way, it'll be less. Oh, speaking of uh, saving money, the five star um, value card, Fan Perks Club, whatever it's called. If you have a five star gas station near you, you can save ten cents a gallon. One of my coworkers saves fifty cents a gallon. Saved. Uh, whatever. Um, and it's kind of crazy. She paid like mm-hmm. three fifty for gas a gallon when it was uh, four dollars. Oh, save you some big bones. Definitely. I went to a Shell gas station today and sold or, or saved three cents per gallon. Um, mm. Went to two gas stations today and I filled up yep. both times um, because nice. I was topping off at the other one. But moving on. Nice. Um, I wanted to talk kind of about some headlines this past week. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, if yeah. that's okay. Cool. Of course, of course. Give us a news um, report on Gabriel Chronicles. Hunger Bueller Chronicles. This is volume 13. We are news for the people, by the people. Talk to mm. us. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Oh, inflation report that came out last week is likely to seal the case for seventy or a 0.75 point rate rise in July. It was an over at one point on Wednesday, over an 80% chance that it would be a full point rise, rate rise, July. We've never, I, I think it's been literally like a hundred years since we've seen a full point rise, mm-hmm. rate rise. Um, it's been, you know, we raised in Sometime the, the last, you know, five centuries. Something like that. If you're going to hear a date, definitely double check it because I have no clue. Margin of error is give or take two centuries. <laughs> Said it perfectly. <laughs> There's now the 80% chance has now gone to a 45% chance. And I think that might have been, uh, I might have found that 45% chance before Friday because uh, Friday was absolutely awesome. And that was due to good earnings reports and also due to good consumer sentiment and good consumer uh, purchase like uh, thing. That was good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm sorry, I was trying to find the actual name of it. I can't find it. So that's typically what happens when you forget to uh, email yourself market report for the day and you're going off the top of the dome. Oh, hey, it happens. It does. It, it does happen and it is very frustrating to be underprepared. So JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley were both underperforming uh, when it came to earnings and their profit fell 8% and 29% respectfully. It doesn't matter that it was JP Morgan and Morgan Stanley because Citigroup absolutely smacked it out of the park. The mm-hmm. point is banks financial start- sectors yep. you know exactly. the financial services right yep yeah that's what's that's what's going down people are less active um as a whole because of inflation right isn't that what it indicates exactly and not just that but it also typically shows signs of a session starting mm. Mm. Um, because basically just shows that economic turmoil is brewing because when you see less people taking out money and taking out loans, it is not typically good for the overall market um, mm-hmm. because there's less spending happening. Yeah. But I also saw this, that while there is economic turmoil brewing, there is few signs of a recession. I personally don't think we're in a recession. A lot of people think we are either already in one or have a 50% chance to see one by the end of the year. I don't think we're in one. I think I, I really don't either. I mean, I was alive in 2008. I wasn't really cognitive. Um, but compared to the documentaries and reports, like the the economic nowhere near um, where it was in 2008, 2009. Right, and you, even though people, I mean, I, I do agree. I don't, I mean, obviously I was six years old during that. Um, mm-hmm. Times, you know, I don't know if they were tough, but I will say this. Do not feel d- uncomfortable than at the gas station when purchasing things. And I think a lot of Americans probably feel that way. I think mm-hmm. the only spot that I can actually tell the difference is the gas station. It does stink. Um, prices are coming down, and that is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've also seen that while people have money, Um, Because during COVID, you know, savings went up exponentially. Mm -hmm. Um, People are still feeling kind of, you know, kind of like scared, a little skittish. Like, "Mm, maybe I should keep saving instead of, you know, I should save this extra $20 instead of going to watch a movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Because obviously, mm, we're a little scared, a little nervous. I keep hearing these little these little reports about maybe a recession starting, and that is why I scary am so, R word. Exactly, I'm so <laughs> tired. People talking about how the the economy is going to just you know ex- implode. Like we're fine, people. We're fine. Saving is for dummies. Spend, invest, buy, consume, be a part of the machine of the economy. I've I've literally heard. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I've heard the only people that start recessions are people themselves because they talk. They basically speak it into existence. They're like, oh yes. no. So um, as soon as I, one person says the R word, you know, everybody's pinching pennies and burying money in their backyard. Um, I actually buried ten cents in my apartment's backyard yesterday. So I don't know. I hope why it grows into a money tree for you, Ethan. So when people say that money doesn't grow on trees, 
Where does paper come from? Talk to me. All right, me and that's nice. the end of it. Talk to me nice, dude. You know, um, I'm really glad I downloaded some laugh tracks from a royalty-free sound effect company so that when I edit this, I can, you know, add add that so someone is actually laughing at that joke because I don't think, I think any anyone actually will. Oh, I think everyone just laughed at that, dude. Come on, that's a good joke. And money literally grows on trees in a sense. All right, I think we uh, wrap this up. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. I apologize for the terrible joke. We'll wrap it up. Glad you guys uh, got to listen to us ramble on i hope you learned a little bit that's definitely the goal as always mm-hmm. we are not professionals we are definitely not professionals so go just check comedians just comedians that know a little <laughs> bit about the market so i hope you had a good time listening to the boys definitely check out with a, a mm-hmm. professional advisor or just a professional in general before making any ch- uh, decisions because we are just guys who like memes and money as you may already know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nathan, what's your stock pick of the week? Um, since you are uncertified and not an expert, um, my stock pick of the week. You say actually, Ford. Now I would say Ford typically, but I'm gonna actually go with a mutual fund this week. I know we haven't touched on those. We will mm. in a later episode, but I kind of like this this mutual fund called F N I L X. Um, mm. It is it. It's some. It's basically an S and P 500 follower. Uh, whatever the S and P 500 does, it does. So, for example, um, you know, a few days ago, the market was down 45.45 percent. So, not a full percent, but 0.45 percent. FNILX was down 0.45 percent. Next day, the market was down 0.3 percent. Mm. FNILX was down 0.3 percent. Now. On Friday, the market was up 1.95%. The S&P 500 was up 1.9 or yeah, 1.95%. FNILX was up 1.94%. So, mm. it is basically an exact S&P 500 follower, but it has a 0% expense ratio and the majority of index funds that you see that follow, you know, S&P 500, DJIA, which is Dow Jones, they are paying a fee to be an index fund and that's why they have somewhat higher expense ratios. FNILX is not registered as an index fund, even though it basically is. And so they are not paying that fee, meaning you do not have to pay an expense ratio. Another episode, but basically your money, all the money you put into it is going to work for you and you're not losing it to uh, basically big managers, big government. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's the government. Right. In a sense, I, uh, when it comes to the United States of America, I don't care what it is. I love it. So, because uh, we're proud Americans, <laughs> baby, talk to us. Nice. I was letting people fill in the gap there. Um, hopefully, they Anyone in their car listening is going to just shout, nice. If you didn't shout, nice, better start being prepared to because it is not going away. Talk to us. Nice. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> My right. pick of the week on that segue. I'm using that as a segue. Um, is G O G L Golden Ocean Group Ltd. Um, G O G L is essentially a dry bulk shipping company operating out of Bermuda. They have a major, major high dividend right now of twenty percent yield. Um, 
but that did come because of a stock split recently, so it's not going to stay that high. I really like this company. It's a mid-cap, which we'll get into the um, stock styles in a later episode. Um, it's got a pretty low P ratio and a high beta. Um, so I think it's got it's got the value, um, but it's also predicted to have really good return. Um, and I, I like it. Uh, Morningstar has it at about 70% of its true value. Um, so even if it returned to value, you'd make 30%. Um, yeah, I, it's a really good-looking stock. For me, it'll diversify my portfolio. I've got a lot of tech and energy. Um, so some shipping will be nice. Uh, some uh, some different type of the industry. And like I said, it's a... Yeah, um, uh, which is also a type of um, investment I don't have in my portfolio. So that's going to be a nice one. That's my pick for the week, Ethan. Give me, a great pick. Do you have any wisdom to end this moved. with? Ah, I do actually have wisdom. Um, thank you very much. That will be coming right up once I look it up because it's <laughs> my sheet and I took the sheet down. So. All right. You have so much wisdom. You have to search yes. through it to find it. Here is your wisdom for the week. It kind of ties back to what this episode's been about, which is just how to pick a stock. Do not be emotionally attached to a stock. That is, it's not a loss until you sell. We mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. emotions allowed when trading. Do not be a little baby. Be a grown man or woman and be able to press that sell button. You hear me? Heard. Tune in next episode for um, something. We haven't decided Absolute yet. knowledge. Absolute knowledge. knowledge. That's all you ever receive. You may get a few good laughs and you receive N, no, K N O L O knowledge. Yes. <laughs> we do math, not letters. See you next episode. <laughs> I'm not a professional. <laughs>